Hi, I'm Kim, and this is Commanding Conversations. I'm a 40-something-year-old mom that decided that this stage in my life I am not over. I realized that now that my kids are getting a little bit older, that I can still reach out and reach my goals and maybe set new ones and see where I can get. And when I realized this, I saw that having conversations with people, so many others wanted to do the same thing. But something held us back. Something always kept us in the shadows. Well, I'm here to help us break out of the shadows and shine in the light that was meant for us. So I created Commanding Conversations. I would like people to help us share their stories, their experiences, network, and I want all of us to learn how to fail forward, reach our success, get out of our comfort zone, and try to find a way to be the best version that we can be. I know that this is totally possible, and I wanna build a community where we help support each other, have a little fun. Those topics that you don't want to talk about, don't worry, I do. And then we can always end every show with a little advice and a lot of spice. So if this sounds like something that you're interested in, then you are in the right place. So sit back, relax, and join in. Thanks! Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Commanding Conversations. I'm your host, Kim, and today we're going right to it. We're going to go right to the jugular. Today's episode is called Life is a Highway. And aren't we all kind of driving on one right now? So close your eyes. I want you to picture it. I'm envisioning the Disney Pixar movie Cars with Lightning McQueen zooming in and out of an open highway with his awesome shiny red car and the windows down life is a highway is blaring full blast by rascal flats the sun is shining it's a perfect opportunity to open up and set your dreams free open her up and see where it can go right this is a perfect analogy for when you have a dream which turns into a desire and that's fueled by ambition how it takes over it almost has a life of its own am i right This reminds me of young college-age kids who are filled with the intense confidence, that secret knowing that they have what it takes to change the world. And God bless them. Hold on to that as long as you can. I get it. I've been there. It's honestly a great place to be. But as life would often have it, as you are cruising down that open highway with endless opportunities where you may end up and you have no absolute like destination in sight, That's when it happens. Out of left field, you hit a pothole. And your tire blows out. And you fishtail and you spin out of control, only to come to a screeching halt on the side of the road. Now, all of a sudden, you're noticing familiar cars pass you by. And you wonder, why aren't they stopping to help you? They're waving to you. They're like, hey, bro, what's up? You're having a hard time starting your engine, let alone getting your car back on track. I mean, how are you going to do that, right? You keep replaying in your head what happened over and over again. What went wrong? What could you have done differently? You question why and how. You didn't see this coming. And you're wondering, what is it going to take to fix you, to get you back on that road again? It's right about now that the radio changes 
and the song Highway to Hell from ACDC starts blaring. You want to turn the volume down, but you can't. It's taking over. You can't take it. You just want to scream. So scream. And let's talk about it in this new episode of Commanding Conversations. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. I've actually been there a couple times, and I'm pretty sure you have too. It's brutal. It's awful. So what do you do now? Where are you going to go from here? How the hell do you get back on the road again? I mean, you're a broke-ass car on the side of the road. You don't even know all the things that are wrong with you. How are we going to do this? Well, I can tell you how. In one word. Slowly. Which, for someone like me, if you have listened before... Thank you. Welcome back. If you're new, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I am probably the most impatient person you have ever met in your entire life. Okay. I want something. And when I want it, I want it now. I probably wanted it five minutes ago. So to be forced to slow down in life, that's like cruel and unusual punishment for me. Right. That's just like awful. First things first. This is the time that I believe because this is my commanding conversation that God, the universe, whatever you resonate with, this is a time that this force forces you to go on an adult timeout. I know it sounds corny. I know it sounds cheesy. But listen, always there's always a method to my madness and a reason for my preaching. There's a reason why you were given this time to reassess, reevaluate, and realign yourself to get back on the road. Maybe check your undercarriage. Make sure nothing else is broken. God, change your oil. Get a new tire. And all the good things that go with it. Take a break. Then slowly, slowly, go on a a gentle test drive. Don't push it. You don't want to end up back on the shoulder of the highway of life again. Slow and steady, baby. Slow and steady. This happened to me when I was 19. The first few major detours in my life were small, right? In comparison, you know, you don't get asked by the person you wanted to get asked to by the the dance or, you know, you don't make a team that you try to form. Okay, those are all slow. When I was 19, I hit my first big pothole. And I can only share what I know because it's me. I can't speak for anyone else. And I know, like I know, like I know, That someone out there probably needs to hear this story today. And I'm sure there's someone out there that can relate with me. See, I, as boisterous and loud and (laughs) how you probably see me, that's not how I grew up. That's not who I am now. I went to a very small private school my whole life. I was super sheltered. I was in a bubble. I was raised by very strict parents. Not knocking it. Actually, side note, wouldn't change it for a world. I am naturally a fun, free-spirited person. So to be confined, see, there you go. That's real life, ladies and gentlemen, not editing that out. To be confined by like these rules and narrow boundaries and expectations. See, I'm a people pleaser. So, you know, I always had to make sure that those expectations were being made. Not my expectations, others' expectations. I mean, this was suffocating. Absolutely 
suffocating. So by the time I graduated and I applied to colleges, I applied to college in Georgia and I was accepted. And guess what? I committed sight unseen. I was ready. I was ready for a whole new adventure, a whole new way of life. I was ready to get the hell out of the town I grew up in. And I couldn't freaking wait. I was ready for a whole new adventure. One where I was in the driver's seat and I can reinvent myself. I could be anything, anyone, any, anything that I wanted. And I wanted it. This was like heaven, Christmas, and a miracle all wrapped into one. F yeah. I loved, loved, loved my freshman year in college. I did all the things. I danced. I studied. I met amazing people. I was in a sorority. I did the fun Florida spring break thing. I let loose. And I tried to figure out who I was. So towards the end of my freshman year, um, again, like I said, I did all the things. I was a pledge in a sorority. And I was supposed to fly out that weekend. See, my family worked for the airline, so, like, the perks were awesome. Uh, I wish I would have taken more advantage of it, knowing what I know now. I was supposed to fly out. My brother lives in California, and I was supposed to fly out that weekend for my nephew's christening. Well, like I said, I was a pledge in a sorority. And that Sunday, day of the christening, well, that was the beginning of, of Greek week. And you can't miss that. See, I had FOMO before FOMO was even a thing. And for those of you who don't know what that is, that is an acronym and it stands for fear of missing out. See, I needed to be at Greek week. I needed to be there. My sorority needed me. I needed me. And I couldn't ever think about missing Greek week. Are you kidding? I was for sure living my best life, and I was soaking up every second of this newfound freedom and independence. I mean, this is the part of my story where life has a pothole in my future, and guess what? Your girl Kim, she did not see it coming. She was too busy looking out into the horizon, singing with the windows down, and not paying attention to life. So that Sunday, the day of the christening that I did not go to, the day of Greek week, the beginning of Greek week, It was a rainy, dreary, gross, overcast, just nasty Sunday. It's the kind of day that, like, you probably would stay in your jammies or, you know, sweats, where you want to eat comfort food, read a really good book, binge watch bad, useless TV, and hibernate and do nothing, right? Or, you know, if you were Kim, it would be a great time to be in California to celebrate my nephew's christening. But that's not what I did. Of course not. I wouldn't have a story if that's what I did. This particular Sunday, the first day of Greek week, this is opening ceremonies. It's where all the sororities compete against the other sororities and then the fraternities compete against the other fraternities for a top spot on Georgia's campus. And I was all in. So it's Sunday, day one. And day one was flag football. And, you know, you can't help but like look over your shoulder and see the frat guys, you know, shirts, uh, shirts versus skins. And you're like, hmm, what's going on there? At this time, I was in the best shape of my life. 
I'm also extremely competitive. I was all dialed in and ready to go. And during the game, I got the ball and this beautiful, amazing Amazon mountainous warrior goddess came out of left field and came charging at me. Now, I have to like duck and dodge her because I need to get past her, keep my flags on, and run into the end zone. Well, that was the plan, right? The ground was wet, and I aimed to move forward, and I, com- I collided with the Amazon Wonder Woman. And my body decided to have a mind of its own, like several minds of its own, and it turned in several different directions at the same time. Are you ready for this? I dislocated my hip. I tore my hip flexor. I severed my ACL, tore my MCL and meniscus, fractured my ankle, and tore my Achilles. Pfft. I'm your girl, Kim. I mean, hell, if you're gonna if you're gonna do something, go go big or go home, right? Yeah, guess what? Home it was. After my ER visits, my family continues to still to this day call me Buzzkill because as they're celebrating the christening. My best friend at the time had to make a phone call saying, um, Kim's in the ER and she's really messed up and they're talking about surgery and I'm not really sure what I should say or what I should do. And uh, they have her on these meds. She's not allergic to anything, is she? I mean, I don't want her to like die. Yeah, that was super fun. That's great. All those people-pleasing guilt tactics that you give to yourself when you're a people-pleaser, ooh, those set in. So after I had to take my finals early, finish my MRIs, Home is where I went. June 11th is what I like to call my new leg day. It was a long surgery, but I had good narcotics to take home, and that took the pain away. And this was, in comparison, me on the shoulder of the road of life. Okay? We're on a pause. We're reevaluating, reassessing, realigning. Believe me, I was getting a freaking major tune-up. When I came home, my leg was in a brace from my ankle to the top of my thigh, and the brace was locked. So if you can picture that, try, and it was my right leg. So if you could picture that, I was locked for eight weeks. I decided with my doctor that we discussed that we were going to do a more aggressive therapeutic route so that I would be able to be on track to go back to school and finish physical therapy down in Georgia in September. The plan sounded ideal on paper, but life rarely goes according to plans. Am I right? I just wanted to take a brief moment to thank Spotify, Anchor, and Apple for giving me the opportunity to give you my commanding conversations. Without their help, support, and sponsorship, I wouldn't be where I'm at. So thank you so much, and check us all out on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple today. So that summer, the summer I was 19 years old, I was in my prime. I was ready in advance because, you know, summer, you mentally get ready for it, like at spring break. I was ready for never-ending adventures, hopefully some bad decisions and learning experiences. And I mean, 
a bonus probably would have been, you know, a fun summer romance. It's the ultimate college summer dream. Now, I'm not going to say it was a nightmare, what I went through. Not at all. Remember? Slowly. But it definitely was an earth-shattering situation to my privileged little ego. I needed my parents' help 24-7. See, before that, I mean, my head was pretty big. My ego was huge. I was this sassy, all-knowing, egotistical, totally opinionated little princess. And this princess got her ass knocked down from her throne. For the first two weeks after surgery, my sweet sister, thank God, slept on the floor next to my bed because my pain meds were on such a tight schedule that if I even took them 30 minutes late, I was up in excruciating pain. And then you almost had to like backtrack and hope that it wouldn't be messed up again, you know? I also had this electronic ice machine that was attached to me and the ice had to get refilled. So that only lasted, you know, every two or four hours. It was like I was a little baby again. And it's very humbling when you're that helpless because you don't want to be helpless. You know what you want to do and you can't do it. And that is a feeling that is never easy to get used to, ever, 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 ever. I mean, that doesn't sound like it's probably so bad, right? Like, get to lay in bed for a summer, get to, but, you know, I didn't. I had to learn how to walk again. I had to learn how to reuse my leg again. And all my tendons and muscles were so tight, every time the physical therapist would try to bend my leg, it felt like an internal muscle or ligament was going to snap. And it was painful, you know? So... You got to do what you got to do. You want to play? You got to pay. So now I needed help with everything. When I say everything, I mean everything. I needed help, which I would swing my arm down (laughs) to my sister who was sleeping on my floor because I needed help getting out of bed, especially if I had to get up in the middle of the night because it was my right leg and... It was locked and it wasn't easy to just swing it out. At least not at first. I didn't have the hang of it at first. So she would have to help me out of bed. Then she would have to help me in the bathroom because your leg is like this arrow that's straight out. And then I had to get this swing of crutches. And let's go a little bit deeper on that, right? I needed help getting dressed. I needed help sitting down. I needed help changing my dressings. I needed help bathing. I needed help everywhere. And I remember just feeling so defeated. The only time I really got to go out was to see the doctor or physical therapy. That was like a holiday or a trip for me. I mean, showering was demoralizing. I mean, my confidence, my self-esteem, my ego went from Prada to nada. I wasn't even a flea market pick at that point. It was the biggest piece of humble pie that I have ever had to swallow. And I felt so alone. Yeah. So those sorority sisters, you know, the ones that I was like helping win and side note, I just want everyone to know I did end up in the emergency room with my flags on. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, those sorority sisters, those sisters for life, only two reached out to me that whole summer. Two of my friends that were in a fraternity, 
they reached out to me too. And, you know, I get it. I get it. A lot of people, you know, we're young, we're in college. Our brains are definitely not mature at that time. And a lot of them were from Georgia. So I get it. I am not. I'm from the Midwest. I'm the damn Yankee. I get that life gets in the way. I get it. I do. But when you're in this situation, you have no idea how much a phone call, like texting wasn't really a thing yet at that point, but like a phone call, an email, shit, smoke signal, something. You want to give me a card, snail mail, anything. It, it would have meant the world, you know? And none of my friends on dance got to talk to me or reached out either. I had this small, tight circle of friends from high school. They totally came in for me. My friend Denise was always checking in and visiting, and she was always very motherly and making sure I wasn't doing things I wasn't supposed to be doing because she knew me. And I get it. We were all college kids. They had jobs. They had to make money. They also had needs. They needed to take care of them. And I felt like I was everyone's worst burden. But like, like I've said before, I would not have changed a single thing. So what is a commanding conversation? These are questions that I have, struggles that I think we can all relate to, and awesome feel-good stories that are good for our soul. I want to see all sides of all situations. I want to put it bluntly, I want to make you think. So my question for you is, do you have a commanding conversation inside you? My journey down my highway came to a screeching halt, right? That's where I'm at, sitting up in bed, watching Lifetime TV, not really paying attention to anything. You know, it's crazy when someone tells you that you can sit and watch TV all day, all of a sudden that's the, that's the thing you don't want to do the most, right? Total reverse psychology. I started writing. I started like self-checking. I spent a lot of time in my head that summer. I mean, if we're on like, you know, the side of the highway in this game called life, I think that now would be a good time to check my engine, check all the lights, see what needs to be done. And now it's time to start fixing shit. I didn't even know what I needed. And I definitely didn't know I needed this. But what I learned that summer was the most priceless learning experience I have ever had. And I will forever be grateful for it. I spent a lot of time with my parents. And you know, you take your parents for granted until you need them. And I'm going to fully disclose right now, I am very, very lucky to have been given the parents that I have. You know, I had, like I said, a lot of time for a reflection, especially like when you need your dad to help you get in the bathroom and he's super uncomfortable, so he leaves you in there for a while. <laughs> yeah, that happened. I did a lot of self-reflection. I'm going to totally admit it. You know, full disclosure, that's what this is all about. I had my minute for blame. I had my minute for pity. I had my minute for denial and anger. But they didn't last long because once I came to that moment of acceptance... It seemed like life was 
gravy after that, you know? My parents started looking like real people to me. And I know you're going to think that I'm like a dork for saying that, but I'm going to explain this. See, I grew up with parents that have like an old school mentality, right? Like children were to be seen and not heard. Your parents are your parents. They are not your friends. You know, they just, it, it was, it was a boundary. It was a huge, thick, it wasn't even a line in the sand. It was like an ocean in between us. You know, and I felt like they never understood me. They had weird rules that I didn't get. They were extremely strict and rigid. And looking back now, again, I wouldn't change it. But going through it, I'm like, why do I have to be home early? Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to learn how to do Why do I have chores? Why do I have blah, blah, blah? But it helped me. And it taught me responsibility. And it helped me grow up. So like I said, I wouldn't change it for a thing because it molded me into who I am. And, you know, we're having commanding conversations. So they had to do something, right? So now I'm home with my parents and my dad worked, like I said, he worked for the airline. So he had rotating days off. So if it was like Sunday, Monday, this week, then it was Monday, Tuesday, next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then when it came to a three-day weekend, it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, and then my mom worked at night. So I spent a lot of time with them during the day, you know, and all of a sudden, like I noticed they were showing me like how to make stuff because after a while, like sitting down or laying down, it gets boring. So I would, you know, get on my crutches and they would be cooking. My family loves to cook. They love, love, love to cook. And so they started showing me how to make things and it was cool. It was like they saw me in a different light at the same time that I saw them in a different light. And I'm spending all this time with my parents. And now all of a sudden, now they're asking me questions. Like they're asking me my opinion. Like they actually care. I thought children were to be seen and not heard and children didn't come with opinions. And if they had one, no one wanted it. So now they were, they were listening to me. But more importantly, they were actually hearing what I had to say. And I didn't feel like I was, you know, the useless teenager that has to defend everything I was having like cool conversations, deep conversations, debates. It was great. We were watching TV shows together. I fell in love with the Golden Girls at this time because when I would wake up in the middle of the night, because my pain meds would wear off, and then once they wean you off pain meds, that's a whole different ball of worms. But the Golden Girls, they were there for me, and they've always been there for me ever since. So I always will have a special spot in my heart with the Golden Girls. But my mom loved the Golden Girls. My dad loved old movies. And we would watch like John Wayne movies. Like it was cool, right? That's my little walk down memory lane with you. But one of the cool things is we had these deep, meaningful conversations. Like like stuff that I never would have thought I would talk to my parents about. You know, like, oh, so-and-so had a pregnancy scare. Now, mind you, I had very religious, very strict parents, okay? Like I, I was pretty much pressing and pushing my luck to see how far I could get before they would like throw me in the middle of the highway and hope for, you know, a semi to run over me or something. But, but it wasn't like that. See, I took a chance and it worked out. My dad, which is going to be a future episode, my dad always told me that um, to leave something to the imagination when there is a boy that you're interested in. And my mom told me tons of stuff about her family that she never mentioned before. And those are things that are always going to stay with me, right? So we were doing this thing that I realized later in life, like it was called bonding. Can you believe it? Like a, a teenager bonding with her parents. Like I, I 
started looking forward to coming home from physical therapy to tell them how it went and what I did and what new exercises I did. And so-and-so was there and like they asked about them and blah, blah, blah. Like all of a sudden my parents, they were my friends. How freaking cool is that? And I have to say that bond, that bond has only gotten stronger with time. And I can't be more grateful. If you're looking for a way to listen to Commanding Conversations and you're out and you don't have a way to stream it live, you can definitely check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Podcasts, SiriusXM, Skitcher, and Anchor. Thank you. See, that summer, I had a big reality check, right? I had a pothole. I mean, it was probably more like an asteroid pothole, but it was a pothole, right? And it forever shift the alignment of the car that I drive life through, okay? Because, you know, I love analogies. I always thought that I was going to be this important executive. I wasn't sure what I was going to do, but I was going to be important. I'm important, damn it. I ended up becoming a teacher. And I also thought I would never get married. And if I did get married, it would be later in life because I was going to be this like super successful, you know, amazing career driven woman that didn't have time for a husband or kids. Like I was going to be the shark in a man's world. (laughs) No, I was married by the time I was 24 and I had my twins when I was 26. My point is, is that just because life throws you a pothole or a crater or an upside-down volcano, it doesn't mean that your dreams have to be over. It means that, you know, there just might be a better exit for your car to travel on. Maybe there's a different road off that exit to a better adventure that you never could have even imagined was out there for you. The hard part is accepting when you know it's time to pull over, when you have to check your engine and reassess what it takes to get you back on the road again. And then, when you do, take it slowly. I love talking about my summer that I was 19 and how it ended up being the best summer I've ever had. I think everyone should totally rupture and blow their leg out. I do. And then, take the time out to heal. I am so grateful for being humbled for being forced to have a major change in perspective. Ah, there it is. If you know, you know. I realized that I got through some pretty hard, pretty tough, pretty shitty times. And believe me, there was a lot of thinking and emotions that went into that summer. But you know what I realized? I realized that this girl, she's got some strength. And she's got some resilience. And it came shining through. So every time it rains, I have to thank God for my internal weather barometric meter and the reminder that it's going to be nasty out. But most importantly, I'm reminded with my sore leg or my hurt leg, which I actually think is stronger than the leg that was never injured. I am reminded of the summer when I was 19. 
If you're looking for a really cool chick to listen to on either a podcast or on YouTube, my friend Gina, um, she's also on YouTube at Get Feathered or she her podcast is Nourish, Heal, Live. She is amazing. She will lovingly put you in your place, tell you what's up, make you think about things, but you'll find yourself like wanting to be a better person by the time her show is over every single time. So if you want something else to do, you know, friends help each other out and friends shout each other out. So give on podcasts, give nourish, heal, live, a listen to, or on YouTube, get, go listen to get feathered. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening, for spending time with me. I know there's tons of podcasts, there's tons of things out there. And the fact that you wanted to listen to me and my fun little stories, analogies and crazy antics, I appreciate it. And I am humbled and I am so grateful for you taking a chance on me. I promise that these are going to keep coming and you won't regret it. I have a question for you though. I want to know from all the listeners out there, have you had a highway to hell moment? You know, a life altering earth-shattering ego shakeup? How did you get through it? Who was there for you? What did you learn? How did this make you better? Because listen, I don't want to hear it. It did make you better because it made you who you are today. And what would you share in this commanding conversation? All right, until next time, I can't thank you enough. This is Kim, and I hope you have a magical day manifesting all your dreams. And until next time, bye. I just wanted to thank you one last time for joining me. I'm so glad that you stopped by. I hope you had a good time and I hope you took something along for the ride. And remember, I want to see that smile reach your eyes. And until we talk next time, have an awesome, awesome commanding conversation. Okay, bye.